Anybody travel a good amount? Anybody travel a good amount? I, I travel a lot. This is one of my go-to travel bags because look how well it rolls. Come on with that straight line. It's like, it's like butter rolling through the airport. But I, tra- I travel a good amount and this is one of my go-to bags. I have another one if I'm on a more extended trip, but it's still a carry-on because I'm not a check-in guy. Don't do check-in bags. That's of the devil. You got to stop by the counter. You've got to they make you pay a fee, you know? They want you to pay a fee for everything on, on, on these airlines, and so you got like $30 a bag, and it's like, oh, you wanted to breathe the oxygen on the plane? That'll be another $10. Oh, you wanted something to drink? That'll be another 500 bucks. You know, are y'all following me? So I'm just a carry-on guy. I'm just, I'm just rocking the carry-on, and, and I get everything in the carry-on. I can go for a long time in the carry-on. I, uh, I preached, I did 10 days in South Africa, and I preached 12 times from a carry-on. Come on, somebody. I had to have 12 different outfits. Well, I was at three different events, so I didn't have to have 12 outfits. I had to, but I did a conference, which I was preaching a lot at that, so I had to have a lot of outfits. And I'm just telling you, you can do it, though. Like, you may have to roll socks and stuff them in shoes. It's one little hint there. Just freebie. Freebie on how to make that happen. I took workout clothes. The whole thing went in a carry-on. Are you with me? Not this one, the other one. This one doesn't fit as much. But if it's overnight, this is the go-to right here because I travel with a carry-on. Now, when the Floyd Circus goes out of town, a little different story. Are y'all following me? We got two pack and plays. We got two strollers. We got all these big bags that we're carrying around. And this is the circus. And I am even like, I'm, I'm under-visioning this a little bit for you. Because if I really stacked up all the bags, Tammy's got a carry-on. I usually have a carry-on. Owen and Faith have their own carry-on because I ain't carrying the junk you want to take on vacation that you don't need and won't play with. I'll make you roll it. And so they've got their own carry-ons. And so it's really, it's really quite uh, a fiasco to get through the airport when the Floyd clan rides. Now, it, you would think I was crazy and probably people in the airport would think something was wrong with me if I was traveling alone and brought all of that. If I was traveling by myself, but I brought all of this, when I travel alone, I only bring this. Are you following me? Uh, because I want to get through quickly. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go by the counter. Because when I take all this, it takes more time. I'm just telling you guys, I, and, and some of you, I know this makes you nervous. I will look at the boarding time and go, all right, it's 4.30. I'm flying out of Richmond. I'm going to leave at 3.45. I'm going to leave at 3.30. Some of y'all are like breaking out in hives right now. No, because I got my Delta Pass on my phone. I got my carry-on. I'm like TSA pre-check. I'm like, what's up? They know me. Here we go. Let's go. I just, I don't want to sit at the gate. I want to rock right on the plane. Hello, how are you? Yes, I'm boarding first. I'm a Diamond Medallion member. Thank you. I just don't want to be wasting my time. You know what I'm saying? When the Floyd crew travels, though, it's like three hours beforehand. It's like a whole event going on. It's like we got to go up to the counter. We got to show IDs because obviously, you know, they want to make sure Jonas, who is 13 months, isn't really supposed to be buying a seat for him. I got to prove he's a lap baby, so I got to break out a birth certificate. Southwest Airlines does that, I'm just saying. I don't know why that's stupid, but I've just, I've got to, and then I got to pay $35, $35, $35, $35. Are y'all following me? That's why I travel alone a lot. And so, and then we got all these strollers and then we're collapsing them through security and then they're wanting to scan everybody. And I'm like, do you want the children to go through the scanner? Like, do you want everybody to go through the scanner? And, and, and it, it would be crazy though, because why? Because if I'm traveling alone, this costs me time and it costs me money and it costs me my faith on some days. 
my relationship with Jesus. Sometimes I need fasting and prayer to like recalibrate after I've gone through. (laughs) Come on, somebody, y'all with me? And here's what I think about us in life sometimes is that we should really only pack what we need, but life has added so much to the baggage cart of our life and it's costing us time and it's costing us energy and it's costing us some of us relationships and it has crowded out in our life the space that God so wants to fill. And we end up adding baggage to our life that is unneeded in so many different ways. It could be a hurtful or painful experience that was nothing of your choice, and so you picked up a bag. You added it to your cart. And it could be a failure that you made, and the shame and the guilt of that you never processed through, and you added another bag to your cart. And it could be the relationship that you thought would last forever, but he walked out on you or she walked out on you or they cheated on you and you never thought that would happen to you. And as a result of it, you added another bag to your cart. And it could be that you have low self-esteem and, and you don't have much self-worth and you don't value yourself much. And so because of that, you make choices that allow other people to do hurtful things to you, but you keep running back to them and you add another bag onto your cart. And now on the cart of your life is like unforgiveness and it's bitterness and it's anger and it's hatred for yourself and hatred for other people and it's and it's all these things that are and you could fill in the blank that have been bagged to the bag of your card and and things people have spoke over your life that you'll never amount to anything and you have all this negative negativity that is flowing through your life and you're walking through the proverbial airport of life trying to carry all of this stuff with you and no wonder you're so weighed down no wonder it seems like you can never defy gravity you can never get lift off off of the runway of your life. You can never get the, the burst that you need to get to the purpose of God for your life. And it feels like you're on this merry-go-round and you continue to come back to the same things over and over. And the relationships change and the faces change and the situations change and it's a new job. But in the new job, you're dealing with the same th- issues from the last job and it's a new marriage, but now the same issues of the last marriage are coming up and it's the same boyfriend, different boyfriend, but now I'm dealing with the same thing from the last boyfriend. And it's because you have scabs, not scars. A scar is an indicator that you've been hurt, but you have been healed. And you can look back on scars and tell the story. I have some scars on my fingers because I was born part duck. (laughs) Both of these fingers were webbed together. And so every time I look at my hand, they had to cut them apart and they had to you know, this was, you know, whenever I was like two years old, it's like the early, you know, 90s. So it was like technology wasn't <laughs> what it is right now. And so they skin grafted in. And so every time I look at the scar, every time I look at my hand, every time I pick something up, I'm reminded that I had surgery when I was two on one hand and one when I was on the other hand when I was three. I'm constantly reminded because the scars tell me a story. But these wounds are no longer open, so I use my hands fine. I can, I can grab a mic fine. I can, I can grab, I can pick up my children without any pain. I, I, I don't think about it on an ongoing basis, but when I stop to look at it and go, oh yeah, I remember the story of that scar, but because it's healed, I have a scar right here under my chin because um, back in the day, they made bathtubs out of porcelain <laughs> in, the, in the early 90s. 
And I slipped and fell one time in the bathroom and I hit my chin and I busted it open and blood went everywhere. But this isn't still an issue. So whenever Jonas mauls me with his hands and grabs my face, it doesn't reopen a wound and I don't start to bleed down my neck because it's healed. But the scar reminds me of a story. I have some scars in my life that I can look back and I go, I remember the story, but I'm not still living out of the pain because I remember the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God. And I remember it was hard and I remember that I thought I was going to be out and it was all going to be over. But I look back and go, no, if the Lord had not been on my side, he's brought me this far. But some of us have kept adding the bags and there's still scars. And so every time someone bumps against you, it reopens the wound. This is why the response that you have sometimes is not equal to the offense. It is way elevated and exaggerated. Because how many of you know that whenever you're walking through the airport and you have all this mess and someone bumps you and your whole pile goes, you want to lose your mind on them. Okay, I want to lose my mind on them. Y'all ain't going to help me preach today. You're like, well, we already got victory earlier in the service. We're very good right now. And and it wasn't, it was an accident. The bump was an accident. But how many of you know whenever you get bumped, if your hands are full, like whatever is in your hands begins to fall. Have you ever had someone, you got a full cup of coffee? This is, this is. 21 days of prayer mornings. I'm coming in with my full cup of coffee and someone goes to get like, hey, pastor, they come to, I go in to give a hug. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want that coffee all over me. Why? Because whenever the coffee is full to the brim, whatever it bumps is going to come out. And so it wasn't that they did anything that really was worthy of an offense, but because you were so weighed down with baggage and offense was already on you, that's what came out of you. And it wasn't that they did anything that was really worthy of the outburst of anger, but because you were filled with anger when you got bumped just a little, when something grazed against you, when something barely touched you, and you wonder why people are like, whoa, 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 what's happening here? Why is the elevated response not equal to the to the action it's because your cart's full and it's overflowing and you'll never get lift off you'll, you'll never you'll never get the leverage you need to lift off above these things until you're willing to address the bags that you've allowed to stack on your life Until you're willing to go, I've got scabs. I thought they were scars. I thought they were healed, but they just reopened again. One time I was going through the airport and we were on vacation, the whole family on vacation. Sometimes we do partial family vacation. When you have two that are older and two that are younger, sometimes you got to divide and conquer the vacation. Are you following me? Like the originals, <laughs> you got to take, you got to go do something with the originals because the younger two will prohibit some of the things that you want to do with the older two. Are you following me? So just, you got you to manage it. So we, but we were on a, a whole family. Everybody got to go. Everybody got to be a part, right? So we were on the whole family vacation. So we had the whole circus and the whole bags and I stacked up the cart. You know, I went and put the quarter in or whatever. I got the cart out and I got that thing and I stacked it up. And if I'm really being honest, I got another cart and said, oh, and you're stacking this one up. That's how much we had. This is a little representation. I stacked it up and when I got behind it, I couldn't see anything. 
to go through the airport. You know what I learned is your baggage can blind you. Your baggage can blind you from seeing where God wants to take you. Your baggage can blind you from, from being able to see any kind of joy in your life. The baggage can blind you from being able to see any kind of hope or any kind of purpose in your life. It can blind you from having any kind of desire or thinking that it's going to get better or there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. It can blind you. And I want us today for the next few moments to look at a blind man in the scriptures. And I, I think we learned something from him about how to only take what we need and how God wants us to, to lay down the bags. If you're with me, say amen. In Mark chapter 10, in verse 42, the Bible says this. It says, Then they came to Jericho, they being Jesus and his disciples. And Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. And a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. He was begging because his physical ailment had infected his uh, economic status. His ability to gain income was affected by his inability to see. And so his blindness has bought him poverty. And I would just propose to you today that your blindness has brought you poverty. A poverty of peace, a poverty of joy, a poverty of direction, a poverty of hope for a better tomorrow, a poverty of relationships it can bring in your life. It eventually will begin to eat everything. The Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus has come that you might have life and have it to the full. And I'm telling you, the enemy will begin by making you impoverished in a little area and will want to spin that ball out of control until he causes you to be impoverished in every area. And it says that he was a beggar. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him. You're embarrassing us, Bartimaeus. And he told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And so they called to the blind man. They said, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. How many of you know it's a powerful moment when Jesus calls your name? Verse 50 says, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. That's a curious question. And the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Jesus said, go. Can I tell you something? That, that um, every account of a miracle in the scriptures, and especially in, in encounters with Jesus in the New Testament, whenever there was a miracle, it was the result of the person obeying an instruction. Jesus didn't just sprinkle some fairy dust like miracle dust, and all of a sudden, they had to respond. Their, their response was their act of faith. So Lazarus is going to be raised from the from the dead, but Jesus says, remove the stone. They had to remove the stone. The removing of the stone was the act of faith that they believed Jesus could raise the dead. The blind man, with that he put mud on his eyes, he said, now go to the pool and wash the mud off of your eyes. If the man had never washed the mud off his eyes, he'd still been blind till his birth, till his death, because he had an instruction to follow. Peter and John at the city gate called Beautiful in the book of Acts, he says, silver and gold, I don't have you. What I do have, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. If that man had never put his feet underneath himself and begin to attempt to stand up, although he had never done it in his life, he would have still been lame, still baying by the gate, because his miracle was available, but it took faith. And faith is an action. So Jesus said to him, go. And then it says, your faith has healed you. 
There was something about his faith. I also think his faith was expressed in his cry. He cried out to Jesus. So here's Bartimaeus, he's blind. And our baggage can blind us in our life. Bartimaeus is blind and he's a beggar. And he hears that Jesus is coming by. I don't know if this is accurate or not, um, but I've heard that whenever one sense goes, another one is heightened. So that when you lose one sense, like a sense of taste, another one will be heightened. Or if you lose a sense of smell, another one is heightened. If you lose the sense of being able to see, another one is heightened. And I just wonder if he had a heightened ability of hearing. The text doesn't tell us. I don't know. I'm not saying he did. I just wonder if he did. And I wonder what the chatter was that was happening around him. There was a large crowd, the text said at the beginning of the verse, there was a large crowd around him. Jesus and the disciples were coming through the crowd. And so I just wonder what the chatter was that was going on around him. I wonder what they were saying. You know, I wonder what he heard. It's, hey guys, it's Jesus. It's Jesus in the 12. It's the disciples. Look, it's Jesus. I wonder if in the crowd they were recounting the miracles. I wonder if they were recounting... This is the guy that, that raised the dead. This is the guy that has healed blinded eyes. I wonder if in that moment, Bartimaeus went, what? Yeah. Yeah. Say what? Yeah. He did what? Yeah. yeah, there was a guy, he had mud, he spit on it, he put mud on his eyes, then he went and washed him, and they said that his eyes was open. And I wonder if that moment that Bartimaeus went, hey, Jesus! Just because of something that he heard. Not something that he has saw, it was something that he had heard. I think some of us don't cry out to Jesus, and if we are ever to get beyond this, it begins with a cry to Jesus because of what we had heard. I wonder if some of us don't cry out to him because what we have heard hasn't been that impressive. Maybe what you have heard is that, yeah, long time ago, Many years ago, thousands, like in the Bible times, Jesus did really cool stuff and God really moved in the lives of people, but now he doesn't really do that anymore. And if that's the perspective I had of God, I wouldn't cry out to him for anything either. If I thought that he was a God that was afar off, that was unable to get down into the messiness of my life and solve anything in my life and move anything in my life, then I don't think that I would cry out to him either. But I just want to propose to you today that what the Bible says about him and what you have heard us say about him is true about him, that he is God Almighty that he does really heal today, that he really does restore relationships, that he really does have the ability to set someone free in a moment from the bounds of addiction, that, that he really does have a way to rewrite your identity so that you see that you are dearly loved in Christ, chosen by him, blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, that you have been seated in Christ Jesus, that you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he created beforehand for you to do, that he does have a purpose and a plan for you, that his plans are to prosper you, not to harm you. I just want to declare over your life, he is loving, he is forgiving, he is grace-filled, he is merciful, and because he is all that, when you're walking through life with this, you should cry out, Jesus! I also want to tell you another reason you should cry out to Jesus is because if you could get rid of this by yourself, you'd already done it. If you could solve it on your own, you would have already solved it. If you could get rid of the shame, you would have already got rid of it. If you could get over the guilt, you would have already got rid of it. If you could have done it on your own strength, your own power, your own creativity. If your money could have bought you out of it, you had already paid for it. Because carrying this is no fun. It's heavy. It's painful. 
It moves you to choices that leave you wondering what kind of person would do this? What kind of person would say that? Has you hurting people you love? And on the backside of it, beating yourself up, because that's how the enemy works. He leads you, draws you, pulls you into temptation, luring you away. This will be good. This will bring pleasure. This will be awesome. And the moment you make a decision, you idiot, God will never love you. God will never. It's the way he works. It's the way he works. And the beginning point is going, it's crying out to Jesus. Because listen to me, if you could have got rid of it, you would have. That means that you need a supernatural power that is not of this world. I'm not talking about something spooky and weird. I'm talking about the power of Jesus that opened Bartimaeus's eyes, can open your eyes, and can set you free in a moment. And so he cried out, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people around him go, shut up, bro. (laughs) He was embarrassing them. Don't worship that loud. Don't get that. That makes me uncomfortable. Don't praise him like that. Come on, you don't don't ever judge somebody else's worship because you don't know the hell they fought that week. You don't know the breakthrough that they're looking for. You don't know the issues that they've over. You don't know how God, good God has been to them. You don't know what he set them free from, what he brought them through. You don't know the answer. You don't know the story behind their praise. And so don't ever judge the praise. See, this cry wasn't a proper cry. It wasn't a well-curated cry that was loud enough to get the attention of Jesus, yet not so loud that it didn't interrupt the flow of everybody else's. It wasn't a socially acceptable cry. It wasn't a cry that was like, Jesus, if you would have time, if, if by chance you would have a moment to come over and minister to my need, I would greatly appreciate that. But if you're busy, I totally understand. Don't want to get in the way. Don't want to really mess with you. It wasn't that kind of cry. It was a kind of cry that came from somewhere deep on the inside of him that said, I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of going through this cycle. Today's my day. I'm going to get what's mine. I'm going to get to Jesus. If this crowd stops me, if I got to feel my way, if I've got to crawl on the dirt, whatever I've got to do, I'm going to, Jesus, son of David. I don't care if they try to shut me down. And I'm just telling you, if you're going to get past this, there's got to get to a point in your life where you go, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of dealing with the same old thing over and over. I'm sick and tired of the devil stealing my joy, stealing my peace, stealing my purpose. I'm done with the devil ruining my relationships. I'm done with him treating me like a play toy. I'm done with him dealing with me. I just come to put the devil on notice today that we're getting rid of some baggage today that we're crying out to Jesus and he says if you call out to me I will show myself mighty on your behalf come boldly before my throne of grace in the hour of need and you will find help this is the great thing about Jesus he's already promised us you cry out I'll answer you don't have to wonder 
You don't have to think so. You don't have to hope maybe God will hear your prayer. No, he said, I'm scanning the earth to and throw with my eyes, looking for who I might show themselves strong on your behalf. It is your weakness that attracts his goodness. If only you'll cry out to him. Not the kind of little religious cry. Not the little religious prayer. Not the little plain church mess. I don't have time for that. I'm talking about the kind of cry on the inside that says, God, if you don't move, I can't move. The kind of, Jacob, I'm going to wrestle you until you stay with me. You're going to have to dislocate my hip, God. You're going to have to touch me in a way that forever messes with me. I am done being done. Today is the day. I am, I am not dragging this mess into 2020. I'm not walking into another decade with this mess. I'm not dragging this into another relationship. I'm not dragging this into another school. I'm not dragging this into another work environment. I'm not dragging this into another day. I'm done with it. I'm putting it down. I'm only going to take what I need. I'm done going by your counter, devil. I'm done paying your taxes, devil. I'm done paying what you want me to pay to carry the baggage. I'm done walking. I'm only going to take what I need. I'm only going to carry what I need. Somebody help me preach this. I'm only taking what I need. So Jesus called him over. And I think if you'll open your ear today, you'll hear Jesus calling you. If you cry out to him, he'll say, come on over. And then Jesus asked him a really peculiar question. The blind man came to Jesus and Jesus says, what can I do for you? I don't know if you noticed Jesus but I can't see. I mean, when I read the text, the little smart out of part of me is like, no, I just wanted to say hello. That's it. Can I tell you something? Jesus never asks a question because he's lacking information. So he didn't need to know Bartimaeus' need. He needed to know, did Bartimaeus know his need? Because you can't heal what you can't identify. You can't heal what you're willing to tolerate. And some of you, the reason you're carrying these bags is because you tolerate them. And you can't change what you won't tolerate. You have to get to a moment where you're like, I just, I will not tolerate this in my life anymore. And so Bartimaeus says to him, he says, Rabbi, I want to see Good. You know the issue, Bartimaeus. You can identify it. See, God can't heal the fake you. He can only heal the real you. So when you come to him with the fake you, what is it you want? Well, I, I just want to be a better person. Maybe you should try this approach. Um, what I really want is to not be so insecure so that I don't give my body away to men that don't really care about me. Jesus goes, I can work with that. 
I don't, I don't want to keep lashing out in anger at my children because I can't control something on the inside of me and then I'm so riveted with guilt on the back end and I feel such a distance from them and I, don't, I feel like I'm losing them. Jesus goes, I can work with that. Work with that. What do you want? I really want to be able to forgive the person that abused me 20 years ago and I can't get the scab to become a scar. And it keeps reopening, reopening, and reopening, and reopening, and I just want it to turn into a scar. At least I'll know it's healed. Jesus goes, I can work with that. He can't heal the fake you. But man, he can heal the real you. And it says that he said to him, go. And his sight came back to him. And then did you catch the last sentence? And he continued on the road with Jesus. Sometimes he does it in a moment. But sometimes I got to stay on the road with Jesus because I get rid of one thing, but I've still got a lot more packed on it. And I got to continue on the road with Jesus. And then... He helps me get rid of another thing, but I still got some other things, but he, I got to stay on the road with Jesus. And then he helps me get rid of another thing, but I got to stay on the road. With, and then eventually I get to a place where I'm only packing what I need. I'm only carrying what I need. And, and you may be saying, well, what, what do I pack in here? What do, what do I put in here? I want to tell you, the only thing that you need to take on this journey with you is to release that and to receive the Holy Spirit to release that and receive the Holy Spirit. Because when I pack the Holy Spirit with me, I got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I got purpose for all my tomorrows. I got hope for all of my tomorrows. I got freedom from all of my yesterdays. And here's what I want to say to you today. You got to release it but you gotta receive something. You gotta release the anger, receive the Holy Spirit. Release unforgiveness, receive the Holy Spirit. Release bitterness, receive the Holy Spirit. Release it, somebody shout release it and receive it. Come on, shout release it and receive it. Because all that space that all this junk had crowded out God, when you begin to release it, He wants to fill all that space with all that He is. And when His power comes in, supernatural things take place. If you found today's message helpful, feel free to rate, review, or even share it with a friend. Also wanna encourage you to think about partnering with us, you know, together through your giving, we can take this message around the world and make a difference in the lives of so many people. Thanks again for joining us today. If you would like to partner with us, you can do so by clicking the link in the description, visiting lifepoint.org give, or via text messaging on your mobile device. Just text the dollar amount of your gift and keyword LifePoint to 45777. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart.